Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Down the block, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and one. Mate, tell me about that grand final day. Uh, a moment in rugby league history that will never be forgotten. One of, one of, if not the most controversial moment, probably in rugby league history. Uh, do you remember that moment when that try went up? I imagine you do. I'm probably bringing up nightmares here. But explain to me the feelings around that moment. Oh, look. Uh, the uh, let's go back uh, because in the in the first half uh, we we had them we had them roll, um, and then a few things happened. Uh, in the second half, we all uh, can probably put a hand up, myself included. A few mistakes that uh, that just tipped the the momentum, and it's the pendulum swung. So, um, and it all uh, sort of hinged on this one on this one uh, cross kick bomb. <laughs> and I, if I was Jamie Ainsco, I probably would have done the exact same thing. Yep. And um, it was a difficult situation for him to be in. And um, and, and, and a split-second decision to, to... And I don't know if he would have been able to change the, the result anyway. But um, end of the day, uh, it is uh, what it is. And then they uh, obviously got a penalty um, penalty try out of it. And they win the game and um, and, and the rest is history. But um, I haven't really seen much of the game, to be honest. <laughs> it comes on the bloody box all the time and I have to change the channel. Throw the TV out. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, it was, um, oh, look, you're trying to find some positives and uh, to, to have your last game being in a grand final, uh, it could have been worse. It couldn't have not played in a grand final at all. And, it was, um, and that was my last game. And um, I look back and think, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm not going to change anything. I don't regret anything. And, uh, and it's, just, it's just the way it, the way it was. But now, now the sirens went with the storm. I'm, I'm a real storm supporter now anyway. <laughs> Well, mate, I was just thinking that. I mean, we, we mentioned before your first ever game was for Illawarra. Your last game was for St. George yeah. Illawarra against Melbourne. Now he's down there. It's it's funny how this stuff happens in rugby league, seemingly continuously. Uh, I know. It's unbelievable. Uncanny. Mate, uh, let's dive into this dream team. And uh, I'm really looking forward to this. This will be a fantastic history lesson for a lot of my listeners. Uh, mate, your fullback is one of the most exciting guys our game has ever seen, the green greyhound, uh, Brett Mullins. Tell me about him, mate. Well, Brett Mullins, um, 
it was just a natural uh, rugby league player. He was uh, he was tall, he was lean, and he was he was quick, and um, he could do some things on the field that I've just never seen. Um, he just moved so sweetly across the across the ground. He was playing with a, a pretty good uh, side at the, at the Raiders. It was basically a, a representative side in itself. But um, um, I've always remember um, Brett Mullins as being just one of those players that was so gifted. And um, uh, I, I, there were some contenders. Um, there was, I guess, um, Gary Jack was finishing as, as I was sort of starting. It was Gary Belcher was the, was the same. There were two great um, fullbacks. Timmy Brasher was about the same era as me, and I think he'd be he'd be a close second as well. But um, but I I have I have to go um, Brett Mullins because he was just just that natural ability he had. Was my, for, for most people, the standout moment and a moment that will never be forgotten in rugby league was the chip over the top try, the double chip over the top. I just <laughs> we'll just never see anything like that again, will we? I guess that's. Uh, um, what you see a few times from, from players, they um, um, they just back themselves yeah. and they just do what they they feel is what they can do. And he's one of one of them. And um, I, I, you know, I've got any encouragement for anyone to they just back themselves to do what uh, what they feel they can do. Brett Mullins, um, a name would come up for sure. I think as well, it's a really underrated part of his career that, of course. You know, his former halfback, Ricky Stewart, he chased him to come to the Roosters in 2002, and he added a heap of experience to that team. And, of course, he went out a champion in 2002, and I think he set up the first try as well. So uh, an unbelievable career from Brett Mullins. Yes, no, most definitely. So, uh, as I say, there's a few uh, that would um, – it, it was a close call, but, um, yeah, if, if, if the young listeners want to do Brett Mullins, they're going to see some pretty good stuff. Mate, speaking of some pretty good stuff, uh, your wingers, some pretty handy players. Let's start with Willie Kahn, mate. Uh, uh, my early memories of Willie Kahn, obviously playing at the Broncos, very destructive winger. And as you said, uh, there would have been a bit of contest between you guys for a number of uh, Kangaroos jerseys over the years. Yeah, yeah. So we're about the same age, and um, and and along with uh, with Michael Hancock as well, are both Broncos um, wingers, and. Um, and it was really hard to split the both of them, actually. Michael Hancock probably got the start on, or the jump on, on Willie. He um, played representative football probably earlier. And two different sort of players. Mickey uh, uh, Hancock was a, he was tough. He was, uh, he was hard to tackle. And um, he, was a, he was an extra forward. Um, but Willie was uh, a little bit more gifted on, uh, in, on the attack side of things as well. He could uh, he could drift and similar to Brett Mullins in, in a way. Um, he could float around the field and he'd pop up wherever uh, wherever you don't want him to uh, pop up as well. Uh, he had speed and uh, we had some some gap tussles over the year, uh, particularly with those two players, uh, Willie and Mickey Hancock. And but I just think um, uh, Willie just gets the edge over over Mick on that one. Mate, speaking of talented with the ball in hand, your other winger, Andrew Eddinghausen, uh, I often think, and you know, we obviously had Josh Morris, he, he's from the town next door to you guys, Kayama, he announced his retirement the other day, and I, I sort of look back at the career of Josh Morris, and you know, obviously he's he's considered as one of the best we've seen, but not winning a premiership, it does sort of hold guys back to some extent, and I think Andrew Eddinghausen, he might be the biggest victim of that of all time, I think he is criminally underrated, you know, he was the best fullback, centre or winger, depending on what position you picked him in, in just about any side. An unbelievable player. Yeah, yeah. And a, 
champion bloke to go with it as well. He's a he's a good clubman. Um, he played all his all his career with the uh, um, Sharks and uh, just and I, and I roomed with him uh, quite a bit as well. He was always encouraging. Uh, always gave um, gave his all uh, on the field and off the field as well. But as as far as speed uh, is concerned and just being being there when you when you need him, um, training. Uh, he just doesn't miss a beat as well, and uh, he just had to be in the in the side to, uh, in my side for, for sure, one way or another. And as you say, he can play multiple positions. I've had him on the I had him on the wing. He could play both fullback easily. He could play in the centres easily. You could put him in at five eight if you want him to. But um, um, but yeah, he's, he's in a modern day now. If if he was playing, he he wouldn't miss a beat either. Yeah, if you needed a poster boy, he he wouldn't go too bad either. I remember being in a. Well, I've, I've roomed with him in the kangaroo tour, and um, and would wake up in the morning and uh, I'd have a look at myself in the mirror and <laughs> put a, a beanie on, and he'd look over the mirror and he wouldn't have a, a hair out of place. You know, <laughs> most attractive bloke going around, so uh, it made me feel very ugly. <laughs> Mate, I, I, I think you'd, you'd fit in with the vast majority of us there. There's not many in his class, that's for sure. Mate, let's move to your centres. And uh, one guy you've already mentioned, Mal Meninga. Uh, you said when you were playing for the Kangaroos, there'd be a couple of stinks over who got to stand outside him. Uh, obviously an immortal of our game, an absolute juggernaut. I imagine a few times playing for New South Wales, looking over the other side of the park and seeing a guy like him. Must have been uh, pretty intimidating. Yeah, well, I think in a lot of times you would, um, if you played against Mal Meninga, all you want to do is just try and keep him quiet. Don't upset him, just let him, just let him play because I'll tell you what, if he gets in a mood he can. He was uh, he was so destructive. Um, but the thing I liked about Mal, off the field, he was the he was the captain of the uh, the Australian um, Kangaroo Tour in 94. I can't think of a bloke that would in, um, embrace with the whole team and, and make you feel part of a group. Um, for a for a skipper to, to do that um, is uh, is a good thing as well because on the field uh, he's, he's such a leader and um, and then then you've got his ability on top of that as well um, so he's destructive but at the same time he's got soft hands um, he can just tap it on um, um, uh, as if, if needed he didn't need to be the one that just goes through the tackle and try and offload he just saw opportunities and that's why it was always a race to see who could uh, be uh, on the wing outside of Mount. But um, uh, yeah, an immortal, so he should be, uh, and a, a, a real champion. Mate, it, it doesn't shock me that he was good on the '94 tour. I mean, I think that was his fourth kangaroo tour. He definitely knew his way around one. Yeah, no, we never doubt. So uh, yeah, there was a, there was a lot of good centres, but uh, not 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 in his class. And I, I wouldn't say by far, but. He's, he's the most outstanding um, person and player that I've played with in my career. Mate, you're, uh, his centre partner you've gone with, Mary McGregor, I think that uh, people have probably forgotten just how much of a talented footballer he was. His name has sort of been dragged through the mud a little bit over the last few years, but once again, I think it's forgotten just how good he was. You no, know, you forget about the coaching side of things. Um, and and, and to be honest, being a coach is, uh, is, is a difficult situation too, he gets, he can coach and he knows he's a student of the game. He knows what's going on. But um, but as far as playing is, was concerned, I was you know we we played for years for, at the Steelers. Uh, I've seen Mary do things on the field that I've never seen people do, and he glides uh, 
I've said that before, but he because he was so tall, his um, his uh, one step would go like two meters. So he, 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 and he had a great step, both both legs as well. And to follow him around was a pretty hard thing to do. In one step, he could move three or four meters. And um, so uh, we had a great combination. And um, and I think yeah, people probably don't realise that. I think there's a few other players that get the credit for doing the old um, out the back door. Um, I would I would back Mary McGregor as being the first to really master that, to be honest, in the early 90s. So um, he doesn't get the credit. He didn't get the credit for that. And um, and if you watch a lot of his footage, uh, you'll see him do that. He'll go to the line. You'll you'll take it and. Most of the time, I'm there waiting for it as well. And um, and we're, between the two of us, we've um, we're lucky enough to yeah score some tries. And and apart from that, and maybe a little bit of bias because he's one of the best mates. Um, but I, I'm um, I'll look at some of the games that he's played and think, wow, um, no one else can do what, what what just happened just then. Mate, speaking of doing things that no one else can, uh, your halves. Now, these are obviously two guys you toured with on the '95 in in the '95 World Cup. Sorry, and could do things on the field and off the field that no one else could do. We'll start with your five eight, and I think he's he's probably the best all round footballer I think I've ever seen. He could be the best thirteen six centre. I mean, he could have handed himself in the back row. Tell me about Freddie Fitler, mate. Freddie was uh, right from a, um, a young age. You just knew that um, he uh, he was a complete footballer, and um, when the the hard stuff needed to happen, um, coming out of your own off your own line in origin when it's tough he'll always be there um, when it's time to attack the line and you need you need some uh, finesse um, he, he's, uh, he's got it uh, he was the most complete footballer going going around without a doubt and um, yeah I think there was um, there was a you know there's, there's, a, there's a few good five eights back in back in that day uh, Laurie Daly's one of them we'll talk about him a little, little bit later but, um, but he just nudges um, Laurie's Five eight position, and um, I think Freddie and, and now he's. I think he's really come in tune with um, with that with that coaching as well, and what it takes to uh, nurture nurture players. And even the, with the Origin level, you uh, you don't want to overcomplicate things as well. And he just gets a good group of people together and, and play as a, as a as a team. So he's he's doing that quite well. And um, so yeah, couldn't go past Freddie. Mate, tell me about your seven. Joey John's a pretty popular pick as far as these dream teams go and immortal himself. And uh, I guess a lot of the footy that you would have played with Joey, he actually would have played uh, hooker in quite a bit of those games. But uh, for me, probably the best, oh, definitely the best seven I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. And there were some good sevens um, in the early or late 80s and early 90s. Um, Alan Langer was uh, was, was going to be um, in the picture as well. Uh, Ricky Stewart. Both um, at halfback, different players. Because Ricky bought the long pass, uh, he bought the kicking game, the spiral, the spiral um, punt. Um, Ricky bought that in, into the into the game, I believe, and, and and to the point where I mean, Wally Lewis is a good spiral pass, no doubt. But Ricky really just both ways and with some speed and and and, um, and precision, it was second to none. So and then you had. Alan Langer, who was so tricky. I mean, um, he his kicking game, short kicking game, was the best along the ground grabber, uh, cross cross field little chip, 
Um, he was always around, um, and he was tough as well. He was tough as Pete. His defence probably wasn't the most traditional uh, defender. He'd get you down, and he will <laughs> he'd give you a nudge at the same time. <laughs> so um, those are both competitive. But um, but then you you see Andrew John just took everything to a to the next level. He had the passing, he had the kicking, he had the he had the kick, he had the, he, he had everything. So and he had the uh, I guess the uh, the competitiveness that you'd really want in a player as well. So um, uh, no doubt it was pretty easy to pick um, Joey number seven. Mate, most Kangaroos teams are pretty confident they're they're going to win most games, of course, but. Mate, that, that 95 World Cup, to have Joey and Freddie in the same team, you must have been hyper-confident. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Um, but, um, yeah, you, you go on, uh, run on the field when you've got two two guys like that. It just gives you, uh, you boost your confidence. Their game management is uh, probably we didn't touch on. Yeah, you realise that Andrew knew exactly what to do with it, but he didn't get over overawed. And uh, and Freddie was, uh, was, was similar. So you, you you felt really confident even when you were uh, even maybe slightly behind on the scoreboard or or anything like that because you knew that they they managed the, the team really well. But let's move into your forward pack and uh, the two front rowers you've gone for. The first one is Glenn Lazarus, and uh, for me, I, I can't wait to hear, hear hear your opinion on him. Obviously, a guy that he was at three or four clubs, he won premierships at all of them. The Melbourne Storm, obviously, being the franchise they are now. He was the original building block they built from. Tell me about Lazo. Um, he was a machine. So um, I think he, I'm not sure whether it's available or whatever. I'd love to see that like they 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 give these days because uh, and for a big bloke you can get you get off off the ground so quickly and get a quick play the ball and stuff like that doesn't get recognised too much as well. And he'll always be there. He's always he was always moving. And then when you think, because he's a big, he was a big unit, and uh, but he could he travelled the uh, uh, the distance as well. And just when you think, right up, where's the where's the front row? He, he was going to be there. So um, tough um, offload, just a, just complete. You couldn't just uh, put a shot on him either. And, uh, and he always backed you up if, if you if you need. Normally front rowers and wingers didn't really get on, but. Uh, I got on really well with Lazo. He protected everyone, even wingers. So I've got to give him points for that. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, your other front rower, uh, Paul Harrigan, uh, one of the best players, one of the best front rowers we've ever seen, without a doubt. One of the most intimidating characters in our game. You mentioned Lazarus, a great leader. I have no doubt Chief, he fit in the same category. Same, same. Uh, yeah, Chief is um, yeah, one of those guys you just feel like you're, you're in the trenches with the, that's the bloke you want next to you, without a doubt. And uh, and it's pretty well documented some of the uh, the blues that are um, uh, in, in origin. He's always uh, <laughs> either starting or, or protecting his mates. And um, but um, when you want a game uh, in the ballot and you need someone to put his hand up, um, Chief's always got his hand up. And uh, as, as far as training was fit, he was uh, he was for a big bloke. He was quite athletic, so um, he could move around the field as well. And uh, so, yeah, uh, and just a little side note as well. Chief and I are the same age. Um, him and I made the New South Wales primary school uh, footy side. <laughs> so we tour uh, up to uh, up to Queensland. It was, you know, 
even to this day, it was probably one of the highlights of my life. Going on a, as, a, as a 12-year-old kid, going on a tour, um, representing New South Wales. We played at Lane Park too, and um, beat by Queensland. <laughs> I shouldn't mention that, but anyway, the trip was there. So uh, we played a lot of football together, and um, yeah, and as I say, I'm, I'm glad I've been in the trenches with him a few times. Mate, Gunji ahead. Have you had to pick one of these two front rowers to be your bodyguard? Which one are you taking? I'd probably, probably pick Chief, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I'd probably pick Chief. Yeah. Hard choice, though. Yeah, mate, uh, let's move to your hooker, and uh, I, I'm really looking forward to this one. Uh, of course, you've chosen your team, essentially, of guys that you played with, which I absolutely love. Cameron Smith has been in the nine in every other team, but I can't wait to hear about backdoor Benny. For me... I think he's probably the first hooker that had the mind of a halfback. I, I love watching the old highlights of him. Tell me about Benny. Yeah, he was just the oldest competitor. Um, Ability-wise, yeah, he did some things that was uh, uh, were, were unique to, to Benny. And uh, he ducked under ta- uh, tackle. He wasn't a big fella. Um, but he put his body on the line all the time as well. And he used to just keep getting up. But he was always there. Um and as far as hookers are concerned, I think he's probably nearly pioneered the whole um, always backing up on the inside. Benny was always there. And um, I think for um, uh, for me, um, and we played a fair bit of Origin as, as well together, I think he, he typified uh, what Origin was all about right, right at the start as well. And he uh, and I know he, he played all his football with the, with the Tigers. He's very passionate. And um, I'll learn a fair bit from uh, from Benny, just from his, um, I don't know, just his, um, the way he sort of carries himself and uh, passion that he uh, uh, provides for his, for his club and his team and, um, and uh, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. I don't think he gets anywhere near enough credit for how he changed um, the hooker position during his career. Like, you look at the guys that were the top-shelf hookers before him, sort of in that Roycey Simmons kind of mould. It really was, He really did just blow up the structures and, and do it his own way, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. And you'll see, if you look at highlights, you'll see a lot of breaks by Benny because he had that dummy, he had that dummy and run, and he, uh, he, he he made a lot of breaks up on the inside where he lacked, uh, what he lacked in, I guess, his pace. Uh, he made up with it in other areas as well because he could read a game really well. And he knew that the, the players that he, he um, backed up um, with, um, he just was there all the time as well. So, and um, if you want a niggly sort of bloke that just sort of really intimidated the other side, he's probably uh, the guy you want in your team as well. And, mate, obviously he had a bit of niggle in his game, and I have no doubt it's because he had this bloke backing him up a lot of the time, Paul Sirenen. Tell me about Ciro. Yeah, just, a, uh, just an all-rounder. Um, I don't know. He's just one of those blokes, as I said before, very similar to after the front rowers. Um, He's just always there, and um, and that's what you want in your in your forward pack. And he's always an offload. He's, um, and uh, as far as the clubman is concerned, um, I look back at the uh, origin and and the, and the Australian uh, teams that I was in, and, and normally Ciro was uh, was there. Yeah, he built he brought people together. He was funny. He was. Um, but when it came to being serious about training or playing, he was he was there, and uh, he was just a, uh, an all-round clubman that you would really want in your, in your team as well. But a massive, he was a giant. He was a gentle giant too, and um, uh, so. But when it comes to the tough stuff, geez, yeah, he was 
he was there as well. Mate, partnering Paul Sheeran in the back row, you've gone for Bobby Linder, who I think is another guy that is criminally underrated. And I, I think it's forgotten that he, he did play that season uh, with you uh, at the Illawarra Steelers. Yeah. Tell me about Bobby. So he's sort of changed. Uh, he's played a lot of uh, he played a lot of tests for, for Australia. And he, he probably flew under the radar because I think every, every coach um, would want to have Bobby Linder in their team to be able to do all the work that, you know... Um, just clean up work, and, and Bobby was was always that. He was a, he was an athlete as well. He could move across the, the ground really well. Um, his defence was uh, you know perfect. There was no, nothing wrong with that. But he said he was always um, he was always been there with with the pack as well. Um, so he spent some time at the Illawarra Steelers, and he bought a uh, being a sort of older sort of uh, guy when he came to the Steelers, bought a, a lot of professionalism and. Um, and just a um, just a humble fella too, and I and I I, I really give credit for the guys that just do all the work and everything, and they just don't look for credit. And he he's sort of one of those blokes. He just does the job. Um, really nice bloke off the field. And um... hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I've got a soft spot because I have probably played Played uh, uh, those couple of years at the, at the Steelers, but I played against him with Asian, um, but I was lucky enough to play with him in the Australian side as well. So, yeah, Bobby Lindner, um, great on the field, better even off. Mate, it's incredible to look at his career. I'm having a look at it now. He played less than 100 first grade, first grade games in Australia, but he played 25 games for the Kangaroos and 25 for Queensland. That just says it all, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, I think if you've if you got people to. Um, their you know top top five guys for Queensland or maybe top ten. Um, I don't know how many people, unless they were in tune with what, what was going on, or they played Origin, the thought they played with Bobby. Um, not many people. He flew under the radar. So uh, <clears throat> just want to make sure he doesn't. And he gets the credit he deserves. Oh, mate, he's, he's one of those guys that I think you know you would always think about when you think Queensland. But I think he's one of those guys. If you ask the modern generations, you know what team did he play for? I'm not sure how many would be able to answer. He he is just he's just straight away always linked to the Queensland Maroons, which is the ultimate compliment yeah. to him. Yeah, mate. Uh, let's yeah. move to your lock forward, and uh, you know a couple of guys on this list that are immortals, a couple of guys that potentially could be, and I think this guy he definitely fits into that category. The best thirteen we've ever seen, Bradley Clyde. So uh, we've met people that um, you know he's similar age to me, played all the way through the through the nineties. Um, late eighties as well, um, so the, you know there's a handful of guys that are athletic enough or, or would would just uh, fit into the into the game right now. Brad Clyde's one of them, without a doubt. Um, he was a, he was an athlete, and um, um, if you could put him in at five eight, you could put him in centre, you could put him in the front row, and he wouldn't miss a beat either. And um, just the best all round player um, um, that. You know, I you just say had to say had to, had to have him in the side without a doubt. Playing Origin or even for Australia, 
as a uh, as a winger, our role was to uh, when they kick the other opposite side kicked the uh, downfield, we'd get the ball and we'd run it back. So Clyde was that, um, and his work ethic is that good. Um, we were trying to give him a run on the wing. And Clyde said, "No, no, no, I'll take this one." He was just. <laughs> And it was just unbelievable. So, um, for, and he was big. He was big enough uh, as well. So, uh, uh, yeah, Rabbit Clyde was just a just a, a machine all around, and um, and a top bloke to go with it. I think the number one thing that stands out to me, especially when you see these old tapes, the amount of times, as you said, he'd take the first or second hit up, then he'd take the fourth hit up, then he'd make the first two yeah. tackles of the next set. Just, uh, yeah. I, it's one of the greatest motors we've ever seen in rugby league. I think. I think I would I would just would think there's a lot of people after uh, after him in the next generation would have uh, they would have seen uh, Bradley Clyde and model themselves around that or their coach would have said right look at this bloke just do what he does and uh, and he just did it because um, oh I'm sure he was well coached but uh, he just did it because he's, he's uh, uh, that was the way uh, the way he was brought brought up you know he was, uh, he was his ethics was Fantastic, and he could hit a gap as well. And he could throw a pass and put someone in a gap as well. Um, but when, as I said before, in a, in a few other occasions with these, these guys I've named, um, they um, they yeah they, they wouldn't miss a beat in any in any situation like that. I think Brad Clyde's one of the guys. He, he's incredibly underrated as well because he hasn't really stayed in the public eye of rugby league. He, he's a bit like Brett Kennedy to me. I think two guys that could be immortals tomorrow, but they just haven't yeah. stayed at the forefront of people's minds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, without doubt. So he sort of rounds off the uh, my my top thirteen. Um, but it was a really difficult situation to be in to try and uh, choose thirteen players to play with and against. Um, so many uh, fantastic players. Who were some of the guys that didn't make this team? Because I have a lot of people when they're making their 13, they say, oh, can I pick a bench? And I go, nah, it's cutthroat. Right. You've got to make some tough decisions here. So who was the hardest guys to leave out, mate? All right. So uh, uh, Laurie Dale, we spoke about him early. Um, a competitor um, with, with everything you want in a regular league player. Um, passion, hope, um, commitment, off the field, on the field, the whole lot. Um, so, yeah, he was um, he was a hard guy to to, to, to leave out. But um, I'm going to put him on the bench. Uh, Steve Mendes, um, obvious reasons. Uh, he he was he was always there. Um, scored so many tries. He's a um, you know the sixth sense that he that he had to follow the ball and where it would be and um, and not in that situation too. So many um, so many tries. David Gillespie. Um, he was, uh, as a winger, I used to get into dummy half a little bit and do a little bit of work. And there wasn't too many guys I used to look at and think, wait, I'm going to run, I'm going to run the other way. But you'd see David Gillespie and you think, no, I'm not going your way, I'm going the other. He hit, he hit hard. Uh, he was a, um, a forward that you just, uh, say, so, so aggressive. And, uh, but as I've said before with a lot of these other players as well, great team, great clubman. And um, he was um, he was so good to have around, him, particularly in Origin as well. Mate, one of those guys you mentioned, Steve Menzies. Uh, you know, I, I I was having a look at his numbers the other day, and he was the Rookie of the Year and the Second Row of the Year in '94. And the day he left the NRL in 2008, if you would have picked him as the Kangaroos Second Row, and no one would have batted an eyelid. An unbelievable career. Yeah, yeah, I think eight, 
in 84, like I was just probably out of primary school as well, and then I uh, picked in my first origin on playing, playing with David Gillespie and uh, watch origin games, and he was, uh, you know, because you, you watch origin for physicality and, and um, obviously Dave, his name Cement was for obvious reasons. His defence was just um, that way, and yeah, he's been around for a long time. And um, as I said, he's uh, he's um, he's a good clubman as well. So that uh, uh, that goes into the whole thing as well. So my last guy, mate, I played um, a lot of football with as well was Trent Barrett, yeah. and he was um, he was an all round player as well. And uh, I remember when I was at the Illawarra Steelers mid uh, mid nineties, um, and respect with, with our inside backs. Um, we um, we never really had a um, uh, a player a five eight or a halfback to really um, sum up a situation and say right let's do this this is what we our game management right so um, made his first grade debut I'm playing on the wing we're attacking the line there's a bit of uh, indecision in a few areas so I've gone in and said see what I can do and Trent saying hey wish you <laughs> we take one this way and we come back your way. Oh, fantastic. That was this. We've got a guy that really has got some direction and some uh, and some management about the team and uh, uh, he was he was great for the Laura Steelers. Uh, obviously played for New South Wales and, and uh, Australia as well. Uh, and we talked about coaching a little bit as well. And I really hope he, he really makes it a case because I know that he's got the ability. He's just got to just um, uh, tweak a couple of things and hopefully the Bulldogs uh, uh, come good but um, hopefully he's like a fantastic player and I, um, I just couldn't leave, leave him out of stock to the main I think with Trent as well mate I call it the um, Stuart McGill syndrome I just think he came along at a really tough time to be a 5'8 in rugby league. I think him and Matty Johns, very unlucky to come along the same time as guys like Freddie, obviously Joey in the seven, but mainly Brad Fittler, Laurie Daly. It was a tough time to be a good six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we've got it out. So. Um, but he, uh, he still, you look at his career, and he played a fair bit of rep footy. And he, uh, looking back, he's um, had a fantastic career. Mate, uh, I really do appreciate your time today. Uh, hopefully when the world returns to normal, I'll be down there in Gerringong. We can catch up for a beer. I'm, uh, I'm very jealous of you down there, just quietly. You know where I live, mate. You can knock on the door. Don't even knock on the door. Just come up to the bathroom. No, you mate. won't be able to get rid of me soon. Don't worry. <laughs> no worries, mate. Mate, I really appreciate your time, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.